Hey, welcome to Scratching the Surface. I'm Jared Fuller, and this is my podcast about design criticism and practice. On this week's episode, I have a really fun and fascinating and strangely therapeutic conversation with the designer, educator, and my longtime Twitter friend, Mitch Goldstein. Mitch is an associate professor in the School of Design at RIT up in Rochester, New York. He does uh, client-based design work in collaboration with his wife and partner, Anne Jordan, and has maintained an ongoing art practice focused on photograms and experimental darkroom processes. He also co-hosted the really excellent design podcast through process for a few years and has written and lectured frequently about his work and uh, design education. And in this episode, Mitch and I talk about all of those things. We talk about design education and especially the classroom critique format and how he's experimented with that. We talk about the term graphic design and our evolving definitions and relationship to that term. And we talk about Twitter and social media and the state of design discourse and why so much of it just isn't that interesting to us anymore and the types of conversations we'd like to see more of. I loved this conversation. Uh, Mitch and I have been Twitter friends for five or six years now. Um, I was on his podcast a few times and he was on a short-lived podcast project that I did a couple years ago. And he's just been very supportive of my work and has been kind of a, uh, a mentor to me in a way, I guess, when I started grad school. He and I talked a lot about that and the process and applications. And then when I started teaching, he's uh, offered me advice as I kind of move into that, that way of working. And I just love talking with him. And I think that we're thinking about a lot of the same things right now. And you'll see a lot of that in this conversation and, and me just kind of asking him about teaching and, and my experience teaching for the first time. We recorded this conversation at the end of November, so I was just finishing up a, a semester uh, that I really had dedicated to teaching. Um, and it was just a really nice, really fun, really thoughtful conversation that could have easily gone on for another hour or so, and I think that you'll enjoy it also. So this is me and Mitch Goldstein. potentially possibly kind of weird way because I've, I've heard other interviews with you I've talked to you before so I know your kind of overall background um, but I'm I, I don't mean to be too simplistic about it but I know you've kind of, you studied architecture for a while I think you did painting right weren't you yeah um, a little bit a little bit yeah I'm, I'm, I'm very curious about kind of how all of those things came together and you realized that graphic design was the way that brought all these other kind of creative endeavors that you were doing. What, what was it about graphic design or how did you realize that graphic design was the thing that you were kind of always kind of looking for? Do you know, you know what I mean? That's a funny question. Cause I don't think it was what I was always looking for. Okay. I think, um, I started out, you know, out of high school, like mm -hmm. a normal 18 year old at, um, Syracuse architecture. So I got into, I actually think I had to defer a year or something. Like I got into like the, the school, but not architecture. And then eventually I got into architecture. Right. Um, and I have no clue what it's about now. Like I have no comprehension of where it is. But at the time it was a very highly ranked program. And I, I think it's still a pretty good program. 
But it was, um, I think it was probably like a top 10. Mm. So this was in the early 90s, like 90 to 94. Um, and so I got in there and I made a fateful error, which was getting really excited by what at the time was called deconstruction, right. which now is like a dead idea. But at the time, it was like Daniel Liebeskin, Zaha Hadid, Koa Pimmelblau, Eisenman. Um, and at the time, none of them had like built anything. Like Liebeskin right. had built the Holocaust Memorial and that was it. Zaha Hadid had never built anything. And I was like, holy shit, this stuff is amazing. Like I was really into it. The problem was I wasn't intelligent enough to like really understand it. Right. But you know, I was like, well, obviously I'm 18, so clearly I'm super smart, you know, <laughs> like right, an idiot. Right, 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 right. And so it basically just didn't work out. But I was always really fascinated in that. And that stuff kind of stuck with me. And then I did a whole bunch of bullshit that was not interesting and like selling computers and just nothing, right. you know, just, just like being alive, basically. Mm -hmm. Um and then I, I had done some fine art stuff. I'd always been sort of artistic. I had done some paintings, sold like two paintings, like not a career, just, you know, a couple of paintings. Right. Um, and then a, a friend of mine had been doing web stuff. And so this is in 90, like I met this guy, Jason, um, I don't know, mid nineties, maybe in, in Rhode Island, okay. Providence, I was in Rhode Island. Um, and he had been doing web stuff and he had been doing websites, which my previous experience with the web had been like um, Pine, like that email app. <laughs> right, People don't right. know what that is. I don't know if you do. You know, like, a like an ASCII text email reader at mm -hmm. Syracuse in like 1992, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm like, oh, so you're like making visual stuff with the web. Like that's new. Like I just, I know it, like I knew it, but I didn't like know it was a thing. Mm -hmm. And so we, we were friendly and there's a couple other people we were friendly with. And he ended up opening this media company that I worked for. And so I spent about a year doing basically web stuff, front end stuff. Um, and I remember very distinctly doing a lot of flash animation, <laughs> like flash yeah. five, maybe. I yep. mean, I'm probably forgetting the mud, but I remember being like, oh yeah, timeline keyframe, you know, like really <laughs> like getting into it. Um, and so at that time I kind of realized like, oh, you know, people like do this as a job, like this isn't just a hobby, like this is a real career. And it's sort of our art and it's sort of creative and it's sort of like stuff that I like, but it's kind of like you can actually make a job out of this. Right. Which I know is very obvious, but it just kind of like clicked at some point. Yeah. Um, and so I was talking with my dad and he's like, you know, you should really go back to school. Okay. And I'm like, don't be an asshole. Come on. I'm not going to, you know, I don't have money. You know, he's like, no, no, seriously, you're older. You know, you never know. Just like mm -hmm. apply and, and I think you're ready. And I was like, yeah, you know, graphic design, it is sort of interesting. I'm kind of into it. And so that's when I got into RISD and ended up going RISD and met my wife and all this other stuff. Right. So the answer to your question is graphic design for me is almost like a, um, I don't know, like a, like a container for other stuff I care about, which yeah. I think is not new yeah. idea. And you, you've heard that before. Um, so yeah, I, it, it's sort of like, I don't know. It presented an interesting place to do lots of different things mm -hmm. in a way that was somewhat understandable. Cause I think that's another conversation we'll probably touch on right. about what graphic design <laughs> even is anymore. Right. Um, and it just sort of encapsulated a lot of stuff for me. I mean, that's, that's exactly why I asked that question in that kind of weird ways, because I, that's something that comes up again and again in these conversations I have. And it's something that I, don't think I realized about myself until having these conversations in, in that graphic design is this way that I can actually kind of talk about and be into 
all the other things that I'm interested in. It's that connection point to all these other things. And I suspected that that was the same Yeah. for you. Did you realize that? Did you know that at the time or how did you come to kind of realize that? I think when I started, um, going to school, I'm trying to think that's a good question, actually. I don't, you know, I think that might actually be fairly recent that I've really understood okay. that. Okay. I, I think I, 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 you know, there were things at school I was interested in. Um, there was certain faculty doing certain things I was really into. There were certain faculty doing things I wasn't into, as would anybody at a school. Right. Um, and, and it just all sat inside graphic design. But the stuff that I was interested in was actually more like um, sort of using photography and graphic design. Um, mm-hmm. um, my... Uh, at the time, the department head was Nancy Skolos. Oh, yeah. um, my husband Tom Waddell both teach there, um, and they became they've become really good friends since we've left. Mm-hmm. They were a tremendous influence. I've talked about them many times. Yeah. Um, and they're sort of mixing like sort of physical constructions and photo setups and things like that with typography and meaning and all that. And so it all kind of sat together for me in a, in a in sort of a really exciting, interesting way at undergrad. But I thought I was just like a graphic designer, like that was it, like whatever that meant in right. 2006 when I graduated. Um, since then, I've kind of decided graphic design doesn't really mean a whole lot yeah. as, a, as a phrase. It's sort of a meaningless phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it's almost like, I don't want to sound super pretentious, but it's almost like an approach as Gra- much as anything. Graphic design is an approach, you think? I, I okay. kind of think so. Yeah. Like I approach making work for book covers that I do with my wife and Jordan and I, um, as a graphic designer, I approach this like photo fine art stuff I'm doing, even though it is clearly not graphic design as graphic design, you know? And I sort of approach everything like that. And what that means is a very debatable kind of conversation, but that's kind of been my, yeah, it's almost like a way, it's almost like a perspective, I think, than a practice in a way. Okay. So, this is interesting. I want to come back to this, but I want to, I want to, I, I have another question that may yeah. or may not connect to this because I, I want to talk more about that because this is something that I think about all the time. Um, but, but before we get into that, I, I'm curious kind of when, when and how you kind of decided, I, I know you, this is such a weird way to ask this question. I know <laughs> you and, and learned about you and know of your work as a, designer but also as a kind of full-time professor that's mm-hmm. the as long as we've known each other that's right. been your job i'm very curious about that decision to kind of be a you know quote unquote academic or right. to be a professor in addition to or in place of being a full-time designer or working for someone else mm-hmm. or you know running a studio it, it was always something i really liked and i never thought about it it was never even on the radar when i applied to, to get into RISD. it was never a conversation i never thought this is something i could do because frankly me getting into RISD was just totally unbelievable and ridiculous <laughs> that that even happened yeah. in a way where i could afford to go i mean it was just crazy that that was even reality like really it, even to this day i'm like how did that even happen so so what happened was it, i i entered RISD because i had some credits as an undergrad. I came in in the summer mm. and RISD would let, I don't know if they still do this, but you could do a um, sort of like a, a short summer foundations. So instead of doing a whole year of foundations, you did like a two month summer. Yeah. We did like 3d, 2d and drawing, but like in like six weeks. Mm-hmm. And so um, my drawing professor, this guy, Mark Melhoff, who's wonderful. Um, 
I had, you know, I was drawing and I wasn't great, but I tried and I gave a shit and I was 31. So I was sort of more vested than perhaps some people may have been at that time. And I kind of said, I'm really jokey. Like, Hey, if you ever need a TA, let me know. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, well, wait, what do you mean? Like, I'm not prepared to, he's like, no, 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 you're, you can do it. And I'm like, what? And, um, I was a TA for him in the next fall for his like 2d found whatever they call 2d foundation at RISD. Yeah. And I was like, this is fun like this is just really interesting and like hard but like brain hard not like <laughs> digging ditches hard you know and it was like kind of awesome and like i i was like exhausted at the end of it and i was just a teaching assistant i mean i wasn't <laughs> doing anything <laughs> right. um right. and it just was like hey people do this like again it was like that stupid realization like oh this is a thing you can do for your life like you can do this yeah and i did one class for him and then I did another class for him and I ended up being somebody's teaching assistant for like the entire time I was at, at RISD. Oh, wow. And then um, when I was a senior, I don't want to misstate this, I think when I was a senior, um, Doug Scott, another wonderful educator at RISD, um, been there forever, he also teaches at Yale, um, he taught the history of graphic design class. Like famously, anybody who knows him knows the right. history of design class. Um, and it's yeah. like, and this is even now, I think he still uses slides. Like he's old school, super oh, like, like physical slides, like yeah. physical slides. Um, that may have changed, but the last time I saw him, he was using slides, um, knows everything, no notes. Like he just goes, yeah. That's and you're amazing. just like, holy shit, this is incredible. How is this possible? Um, and he's, and the way he would do the history class was he would sort of do lectures and tests, but then there was another section where graduate students would teach sort of a design project. They would do like a timeline based on his, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it has always been traditionally sort of a fairly coveted grad student thing to do. And Doug asked me to do it. Oh, wow. And I was like, are you really sure? And he's like, yeah, you can, you can, you know, and I'm like, dude, I don't think this is a good idea, you know? Yeah. And he said, you can do it, you know? And so I did it and I'm sure I was horrible, but it was like, it was just like so exciting and, and, and again, like hard and like the really good version of hard where you're like excited that it's hard. Mm -hmm. And, um, that was when I was like, you know, I probably want to keep doing this. Like, this is not just yeah. like, like I'm not done. Yeah. And so after I graduated, we stayed in Providence and opened up a studio and I would adjunct at RISD. I adjuncted at Rhode Island college. Um, I was always teaching anywhere from like one to three classes a semester. Okay. Um, and you know, when it came time to start to think about, graduate school, which was again, so outside of reality that even the conversation, I'm like, you know, Anne would bring it up. I'm like, Anne, come on, we're not, how is that? You know, come on. <laughs> um, yeah. and then sure enough, we started really thinking about it and, and I knew to do full-time educate, you know, you kind of need the MFA and I, we were hitting a point in our work where, you know, I felt like we were doing pretty good work, but it wasn't where we wanted it to be. It just kind of had hit a ceiling. Mm -hmm. And so we really wanted to sort of elevate and up our game as designers. We we wanted the time to really like think and and you know I mean you know what grad school like yeah. Um, and so we both applied and went to VCU, right? And then eventually you know it just kind of became a thing where it was like this is what I kind of want to do. Okay. And so yeah. so did you finish at VCU knowing I I want to teach? That's yeah. the that's where my practice is headed now. Yeah, I went into grad school knowing I wanted to teach. Okay. Because okay. I had been teaching almost a f what would be an equivalent of a full load many semesters, right. but just as adjunct, right. which is, as you know, pays right. zero and, right. and it's kind of just reality. Um, and so I knew that I really wanted to do it for real. Um, okay. And I had talked to people at 
RISD about it, you know, friends that, that I had at RISD who, who, you know, professors that I respected and, and they're like, yeah, you could do this. Like, this is something, you know, you're not kidding yourself. Like you could probably do this. And that was yeah. great. Um, so yeah, so we went to grad school knowing teaching was going to be a thing. Okay. Um, and, and we sort of both were interested in it. And then out of grad school, it just so happened that Anne got a job at Micah. Oh, right. Um, right. And so we were there for a year and then I got the job at, at, in, at RIT in Rochester and we kind of had to make a decision. Yeah. And, and, you know, Mike is an amazing school, but RIT represented a little bit more of a lifestyle that we were into. And so right. that was where we went. Right. Um, and, and there it is, you know, so. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it's been an important, it was an important moment because even though I'm an educator full time, I mean, I'm still a practitioner Maybe not every day. <laughs> like right. I really wish it was more often. Yeah. Um, but you know, it wasn't just like okay, I don't have to make anything anymore. Right. Well, that's that's how I kind of wanted. I wanted that kind of context to kind of frame and connect it back to this kind of graphic design as a lens because I was I'm curious about, and I'm asking this completely selfishly because this is kind of what I'm thinking about all the time right now. But the I don't want to say the relationships, but the connections or the interactions between your work as a designer and your work as a teacher and mm -hmm. how much overlap is there between those things are things that you're kind of wrestling with in your work. How um, are they making their way into the classroom and vice versa? If at all, I would say there's almost total overlap. Okay. Actually, I would say there's, there is virtually a complete overlap. Um, and what I have learned, and I will say that many times during this talk, I'm sure what I have learned over my years is that no matter what I teach, I teach to my interests. It really doesn't matter what class it is. And, and I'm learning to not be scared of that. I think that's actually really valuable. Yeah. Um, and so my interests, as you know, are, you know, process and methodology and all that stuff that I'm right, into. Right. Um, and so I am giving students projects. I am talking to the students about their work. I am, um, you know, sort of referencing things and showing things that I personally deal with that I, that I, that I have to handle as a practitioner and as an educator. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that what I've learned is that I am extremely transparent with the students about my motivations, about what I'm caring about, what I'm interested in, not interested in. And I think that it's like a total circle because like I have ideas about my work. I share them with students, not to say like, I'm great, do this, but just like, Hey, this was pissing me off and I did a thing and look what happened. Yeah. And then they kind of take that and run with it. And maybe they'll think, Oh, I wasn't going to do this. But then I remember you said that thing and then they make something. And I'm like, Holy shit, that's really interesting. Yeah. And then I kind of take it, you know? And so it's a total like Ouroboros of creativity right. in the best possible way. And so I have learned to stop trying to really separate them. I, I think, I, I think of like, other than like watching Netflix and, you know, cooking and like paying my dogs, Everything else is what I call the work as right. a phrase. And it's just all the work. And sometimes the work is a teaching. Sometimes the work is, yeah. um, you know, making a thing. Again, mm -hmm. when I go into my dark room, that's the work. Yeah. I, I just, and it's me. It's not like the way to do it. It's just me. It, the separations are meaningless and they actually kind of piss me off. Like they get in my way. Yeah. And I'm not good at siloing stuff for better or for worse. I don't think it's always a good thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, so that's how I approach it. I, the, this sets up like kind of five of the big things that I was really interested in talking to you about. And, and it connects back to this kind of idea of, you know, kind of how you think about this term graphic design, because 
you know, knowing you, knowing your work and knowing kind of your interest in process and chance and mm -hmm. experimentation, um, I, I'm very curious and, and I see that you tend to be that way as a teacher also, mm -hmm. and you kind of encourage that in your students. Yep. And, and I'm very interested in how you think about, you know, kind of bringing your point of view into the classroom while also making sure that the students aren't just mimicking you, but are doing their own thing while also kind of learning the things that they need to learn. You know what I mean? You know I, I, I got to tell you, that's the question. <laughs> right. That is really the question, which is sort of how do you manage that? And I will tell you what I do, but I will preface it by saying I'm not sure I'm very good at it yet. I think I have some skills as a teacher. I mean, I, I am a good teacher. I know that. But I don't think I'm – like I've nailed it by any stretch. <laughs> yeah. So the way that I do that is um, I am very, very upfront and very, um, very um, verbal about – what I hope the students learn to do. And what I hope they learn to do is to be them. And I literally say that on day one, like mm -hmm. this class is about you being you. It is not about you imitating me, although some of you might do that. It is not about you imitating Sagmeister, although some of you might do that. It's not about imitating Daniele, although, you know, and blah, 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 right, blah, blah. Right. It's about you learning to really develop your own practice. Um, and so I very much give them projects that are very open, um, very abstract, very, um, I mean, I think, fairly bullshitty, but in a way that there's like sort of value to what, the bullshit. What do you, what do you mean by that? Um, like, like stuff that seems like kind of silly, like they do okay. a project, um, where, um, like the project they just did, I'll just tell you an example. Like I just, I'm in the middle of, um, 2d design with freshmen. So these are freshmen okay. from all sorts of different majors, um, mostly design majors, but there's like interior design, graphic design, industrial design, new media design, like a whole bunch of stuff. Some photo students are in there. Generally speaking, pretty much all freshmen. And um, I actually talk with uh, Martin Vineski, who's, oh, yeah. who's another another big hero of mine, um, who you should talk to. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love his work. And, um, so that's a great, yeah, I mean, he's idea. amazing. And he's done this project for a long time where he sort of gives students an object or a couple of objects, and they basically just have to make work. And, like, that's the assignment. It's like a one-sentence assignment. Mm. Like, here's the thing. Make some shit. Um, the okay. point being that, you know, anything is an inspiration and form comes from anywhere. And as you start to dive more and more into this thing, you get more and more stuff sort of, it sort of starts erupting into this thing of ideas. Mm -hmm. And so when I, and so I basically did sort of a version of that, you know, with his blessing, I sort of did a version of that project because I was so intrigued by it. And you explain this to the students and they're looking at you like, dude, you know, come on. Like, can't you just, can't I just learn Photoshop or, you know, whatever. Right. And I'm like, no, 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 guys, seriously, just like, just, I swear I'm not messing with you. Just try, you know, and sure enough, some of the work sucks. Some of the students don't get it, but enough of the students get it. And enough of the work is interesting where it sort of solidifies that it's a legitimate idea. And I think that the other thing I do is I, I mean, I'm fun in like, I'm, you know me, I'm yeah. entertaining in some way, right. but I'm very legitimately serious about it. And so when they bring in something that they think is a joke, I treat it seriously. Oh, um, yeah. You know, I remember I had a student, this great student who was a pain in the ass. I love him, but he was a pain. <laughs> and one of his things, I can't remember quite what the context was, but essentially what he brought in was a big middle finger to me. 
like oh, literally yes. to me. Yeah. Like, okay, Mitch, you're so, you know, so fuck you, you know? Yeah. And I treated it, I was like, okay, let's really talk about this. Like, what do you guys think about the con? How is it doing from the, mm -hmm. me is it meaningful? Is it, you know? And so we had a real crit. And I think he kind of was like, oh, he, he's not joking. Like, this is actually a thing. And yeah. so I think that those moments happen and stuff clicks to them. That's when I think they're learning. The other reason I can get away with that is I'm not the only teacher they're going to have. Right, right. If it was the Mitch Goldstein school of design, like nobody would do it. You know, it would just be people bullshit. You know, like nothing right. would happen. So because they have 30 or 40 other faculty throughout their career, it kind of it kind of makes sense for me to teach that stuff. Um, right. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like I think I'm very honest and very upfront about wanting them to really develop agency. I mean, that's another word that I use frequently. Yeah. I think it's really important. I think it's really important. It's super easy to be cookie cutter nowadays. Very, very simple to be, you know, very yeah. derivative. And so what are you going to do about that? You know, and I think that's a big piece of it is having some agency. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I really don't want to turn this conversation into me just asking you about all the questions that I have now teaching for a year of like that I'm trying to figure out. But this is this is making me think of two things that I've been really wrestling with a lot. I, you know, I'm about ready to kind of finish up my first semester of teaching introduction to typography, which was so much harder than I thought it was for multiple reasons. One, it's their first design class that they've ever taken in the design department. Um, so they don't know anything. They don't have any opinions on, you know, they haven't gotten to the these are the good typefaces. These are the bad type. Like they don't have opinions about any of this. Mm -hmm. And I really didn't want to kind of come in and say, these are the typefaces you can use. You should not use these. You know, this is how you do these things to look like design. Right. And so I went in, you know, very into kind of what you're saying is this class is about you. You know, I'm, I'm not here to tell you what good design is and what bad design is. And the first couple of weeks did not go well because there were no, I didn't put any parameters around it. And so they didn't care. And then when I would then be like, well, you know, you know, talking about kerning or something, there, were, there was like, well, I thought it was, you know, this is artistic expression. You know, why does this matter? And so then I kind of had to find that balance between you need to know how to do these things, but there's also not right or wrong answers. And then if, if I tell you that this stuff doesn't matter, then why are you, you know, you know what I'm right. And right. there's this kind of like back and forth that I've been trying to, <laughs> to figure out. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's a question it, or, or not. It's, it's sort of funny you say that. Cause I was actually just thinking about this today. I think I made like a little, I made like a little connection to my brain today about something. Um, and I was thinking about sort of my creative work and how a lot of what, both Anne and I do with like sort of the book cover and the publication stuff and more so what I do in my dark room with the other sort of work I'm doing is um, I frequently feel less like a designer and more like a sort of person who is making circumstances in which design happens. And I know that sounds super art school, but if you'll allow me to, yeah, to elaborate, um, you know, I, I, I'm the way we work with a lot of materials and a lot of methodology and things like that. It's more like we just take stuff off the wall and say, what if you smack these two together? Mm. You know, what if we take, you know, um, a bucket of water and some prisms and a projector and what will that do? And it turns out it can do some pretty cool things. So I understand that. Yes, I am designing that. But in my brain, we are more like just shoving these things into each other and it's designing itself. 
Right. Now, I know that's not true, but in my head, that's how I kind of think about it. So when I'm in my dark room and I'm playing around with stuff and I'm just throwing stuff around and, and making these photograms, um, I'm not making the photograms. I'm sort of maestroing right. these materials and then the photograms are making the photograms. Right. And I know that's a very like academic distinction, but the point is, is that I think I teach the same way. And I think I sort of throw the students into these kind of um, parameters that they have to then reconcile. And, 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 you know, I do that on five obstructions based project, which I'm yeah. sure we'll chat about at some point. Yeah. Um, and that is very much like, I have no idea, no idea what these is going to do. No clue if it's going to be any good. No clue if they're ever going to do it, frankly. Yeah. Like, like yeah. I have had not often, but every once in a while person, people just like, you know, it's bullshit and that's fine. <laughs> Um, and so do I have knowledge? Absolutely. Do I have perspective? Absolutely. You know, I have all those things that an educator has, but I think I have the ability to just sort of like throw them into the pool and see if they can start swimming. Um, being there to help, yeah. you know, being there to assist and being there to guide a little bit. But I, I kind of feel like that's almost how I teach. So like, so the, so, the, so what I'm saying is like when you worry about students emulating Jared Fuller, you should almost not even teach them. I mean, you know, you're teaching, but you're sort of almost saying, here's some stuff. Right. And here's a couple of talks and we're kind of let, but like, go make some shit. And yeah. we're going to look at these hundred things and like two of them might be interesting. Well, well, I mean, so that's, that's the question then is, is in, in, in my experience, I'm curious because you're saying, you know, most of them kind of get it and, and end up doing interesting things, but you have a couple of people that are resistant is, mm -hmm for a lot of early design students in kind of that first and second year, they're still in, I found that students are still in, in school mode as in that there's right and wrong Absolutely. answers and what is correct and how do I get a good grade? And so, you know, I'll, I'll, and, and, you know, trying to get them to find their voice, their interests, bring themselves into the project, and they'll be doing something. One of my classes, I have students doing a magazine project. It was like, oh, this magazine that you're making reminds me of this other magazine. You should look at this just to kind of see how they're mm -hmm. handling things. And then the next week they come in and have completely just done what that magazine looks like. And right. I'm like, why'd you do this? And it's like, oh, that example you showed did it this way. And so it's like, oh, no, that's missing the point, you know? So, so how do you, you know, how, how do you break students out of that? Or how do you get them, how do you get people to get students to see, to be comfortable in, in their voice or in, in yeah. being them while taking reference without copying? Well, I'll tell you, it's very frustrating I think for the students, for me, it's actually super fun. Yeah. I think the students, and I hear this all the time, and I've actually had some written reviews with this comment being like, Mitch doesn't tell us if we're doing it right or wrong. Mm -hmm. And I don't tell them that because I'm lazy. <laughs> I tell them that it's intentional. I, I frequently students say, "What is it okay if I do this? And I'll say, uh, it's a great question. And I'll just walk away. Like I will literally go, that's a really yeah, good yeah. question. I've walk. done that. I've done that. Um, and you know, and, and I think when they realize like, Oh, he's not just being funny. Like he's actually putting it on me to figure that out. Right. Again, I think that agency idea of agency is so important. And I think it's like, I, I frequently tell my students that like the nature of these projects are, you're going to make some of the worst shit you've made in your entire life, even though you're, you're 18, but you know, like, like you are going to make just, just awful, awful stuff. And that is okay because this is a good place to make the worst thing you've ever done. Right. Um, and when they see that I'm not kidding, 
And when they see that, like, you know, they're getting their evals and I'm saying you're doing really well and they're like, I made all this crap. And then when they see that I'm, I'm really serious about it, they start to understand that, like, oh, so Mitch doesn't really care if the thing I made is amazing. He cares that I made the thing, that, like, I went through that process of the yeah. making of the thing, some of which might be amazing. Right. And I think that's a really different distinction. And, again, it's my own thing of how I teach for better or for worse. Um, I really, and, I, and this is another like day one slide on my, when I intro the class is like, I really want them to start at the beginning and end at the end. I don't want them to start at the end. And mm -hmm. I think that mm -hmm. is a very common foible of, of designers is they start at the end. Oh, okay. I get what if I'm going to use purple. I'm going to use, right. you know, right. veneer and bubble, you know, and it's like, no, 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 no. Go take some prisms and a projector and a whatever and, you know, right, do this crazy right. shit. Um, and so I think when they start to understand that I'm not joking mm -hmm. and I'm not just screwing with them. I mean, I am screwing with them, but like in a valuable way, they start getting that, that, you know, it's not just about the perfect thing at the end and that there's more to the conversation than that. And I think I'm like your conversation with Elliot Earls who I yeah. absolutely love and I've talked to him myself and I've been up to Cran I mean, I just love Elliot. Yeah. And, and I think what he talked about, how you could sort of learn design in like six months, I think he's being generous. I think you can learn it in like two or three months. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that doesn't mean you're going to be getting good. Right. You know, you really, and so there's such a broader conversation to it than is this thing kerned correctly. Right. I don't think that's not important, but that's not the conversation. Right. You know, that's right. not what it's about. It's just a byproduct of what it's about. And so I think, I mean, I hope, I, I believe I'm doing this, but I believe that the students are engaging in sort of a critical dialogue with themselves about what they're doing, not just looking for my approval. Because yeah. the reality is I'm going to kind of be pretty excited about anything because I'm excited that they're caring enough, you know? Right. Um, I'm rarely going to say that's the worst. That's, you know, no, wrong. Like I don't, there is no wrong. There's just like that didn't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe later, you know, maybe two years from now, if you have a thing about a whatever, and that's right. kind of the. It's like such a mind game, in so many ways. Yeah, that, yeah. I, 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 I imagine if you talk to some of my students, um, they would say I'm probably really frustrating to have as a teacher. <laughs> right. Um, right. But yeah. I think that that they that it i I've, it might take a semester or might even take more than a semester but they it kind of, i think the majority of them it clicks for them to some extent mm -hmm. and so what i think i'm i'm seeing as my students have i've been teaching long enough where they're going out and they're working and they're doing yeah. stuff i feel like i'm doing a pretty good job at getting them to really be them yeah so this not an imitation. Th this is a good place i think to kind of talk about the critique or talk about kind of the classroom critique because i think that kind of becomes the question then is is what you talk about when everyone's together and I've you know been following following you kind of wrestle with the critique format you know in public <laughs> um and kind of the problems with it and and what you're trying to the kind of space you're trying to create for it and so I kind of have two questions and you can kind of answer them how you want and, and one's kind of about about kind of the content of the critique and the other is the format of the critique or the 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 space of critique and so i'm i'm i guess kind of firstly based on kind of everything you just said and kind of not giving right and wrong answers that um you know kerning is not the most important part of of this project which i agree with a hundred percent what's the content of, of a critique in one of these classes and what are the things that are 
talked about? Um, that's a really good question. It obviously changes dramatically depending on project to project and class to class. But what I'm learning, um, is that you actually in a, a, you know, what I'm learning is that going into a crit and saying, okay, guys, what do you think is an, is a meaningless question. Even though you and I understand you could answer that question for three weeks on a, you know, you could talk about what I think forever, but like, it's not a, um, tangible question for them. Right. What is a tangible question is exactly what does and does not make sense. Can you read this? Does it communicate mm. what you think it's communicating? Is it engaging visually? Is it engaging sort of methodologically? Like is the way the student got to it interesting? So it's sort of like really specific questions like that. Um, the other thing it is, is does it remind you of something? I think that's really important. And I know you do that a lot. Like, yeah. like a, what does it connect you to? And in literally music, movies, food, uh, a walk, a right. thing you bought, you know, what is this reminding you of? What is this kind of firing in your brain? Um, and another thing I do, and you know, I'm really torn on this and, and I don't know if I should be doing this because I know some people think this is a huge mistake, but I often will say, name three things this student could do next. Oh, interesting. I think yeah. that is valuable because what I hope the student doesn't do is say, oh, well, John said to do these three things, so that's what I did. Right. What I hope the student right. does is say, oh, you know, that was sort of an idea, and maybe what if I blah, blah, blah. I have heard other people say that, you know, I would have done X is like the least valuable critique there is. Like it's a meaningless criticism. And so I'm like really torn on it. Yeah. Part of me thinks it's really valuable, especially for freshmen who are so worried about doing well and all this stuff. Right. Part of me thinks it's sort of a bullshit thing to ask because it's not your project. So what you would do is, you know, you, the critiquer is completely irrelevant. It doesn't matter what you would do. Um, So I'm like really undecided how I feel about that question. But the reality is, is I usually throw it in. Like I usually ask it. Um, And, you know, some students do literally what is suggested. Most students get, it's just like an idea. It's just like a little spark. Um, and so I think the reason why you've seen me wrestle with critique is that I'm frankly not great at it. I really think I'm not very good at it, actually. Oh, um, I care about it tremendously, and my entire the Through Process podcast was primarily about that in a yeah. lot of respects. Yeah. Um, I, I think that I have a very um, – I find it very difficult to be – I'm trying to think of how to say this like intelligently. Like I find it hard to um, reconcile the students' questions without dictating the answers. Right. Like I want them to feel – a critique is a critique if you leave with an action. If you leave feeling like shit, then that wasn't really a critique. It was just you being belittled or, or whatever. Right. So if you leave a critique with – either an action that you have figured out from the critique or maybe the teacher or a student has suggested an action or some sort of actionable thing. To me, that's a valuable critique. Right. Um, if you leave either feeling like you're a superhero or like garbage, that's a, an irrelevant critique. Like it's not about your ego. It's not supposed to be about your ego. Right. Um, and so I kind of like don't want to just tell the students what to do. Obviously no teacher does. Um, but I also don't want to be like, yep, you're awesome. And then kind of move on to the like yeah. that's also irrelevant. So I find it really difficult to critique because of that. <laughs> and that's where all this comes from is I am trying to get away from the big group crit. Yeah. I, I really think it's dead. I just I, – I do it when I have to. 
Um, it's something that I grew up on, grew up on it. <laughs> I remember very distinctly, and I've talked with Tom Woodell about this. I was in his, um, anybody listening to this went to RISD, I was in Tom's Making Meaning class, which is this like junior level semiotics theory <laughs> class. It's like the first really heavy class yeah. where you really have to be on it. And I remember we had a RISD classes, it would go from like one to six. And we did a crit from like one to like 7.30 with one five minute break. Oh, wow. And, and Tom, who is absolutely incredible, just he will go for 10 hours if you let him. I mean, yeah. and, and he's brilliant. And it's not just bullshit. Like, he knows what he's doing. And and so I was raised on that. Like, I was like, mm-hmm. well, I guess this is what you do. Mm-hmm. When, you know, we're going to sit around a room and everybody get a coffee and we're going to talk for five hours. Yeah. And I'm not going to be one of those, these millennials and all that bullshit. It's just, it's painful for them. It's super painful for me. Yeah. And I don't think it really accomplishes that much because it becomes this performance art idea, which right. is not really the point. So what I'm trying to do is have the students do more peer-to-peer critique as often as possible without me even being involved, like without me even like overseeing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so doing stuff like um, the speed dating crit, I yeah. kind of tweeted about yeah. it, which has been like the, I love it. Oh, I just I, so I, I love it. I was skeptical because I saw I read that tweet and I did not think it was going to work. And I I'm not just telling you this to, to yeah. you know curry favor or anything. Right. I I did it the next week because I I was curious. Best critique of that class. Yeah, and the students told me flat out it was the best crit they yeah. ever had yeah. and all this Same. stuff. They Same love thing. it. Um, and I want to make sure to go on record as I did not invent that. Okay. Um, I actually heard it from Anne, and I'm not sure where Anne figured it okay. out. But but like I did not invent that. I'm not yeah. taking credit. Um, and so what I'm finding is that it starts to become really interesting. And this is why teaching is so fun, because it's actually not about me. Right. I am the least important person in the classroom, by far. Mm-hmm. I am by far the least important person in that classroom. Um, and so when it stops becoming about what Mitch said and more about what the sort of class said about my work, Oh, that's interesting. What my peers said, what the other people said, what this person thought, not what Mitch thought. Not only do I think they get better ideas because I'm just one person. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it's almost like, I don't know. And I don't think this is totally true, but it's almost like, well, this student isn't being paid to teach and he's telling me something. Maybe I should take that seriously. Right. You know, Mitch is a teacher. He's being paid to be here or whatever. You know, nobody's really said that. Um, and so I kind of feel like it's almost adds a layer of legitimacy to it, even though the counter argument would be, well, this, this, you know, freshman doesn't know anything about being a degree, you know? Yeah. I don't, I don't totally buy that. I, I think that, um, we just know different things, <laughs> you know, right. like, like they know stuff. I don't, I know stuff. They don't. Um, and so I think when you sort of, you know, you put this whole past 10 minutes of me been talking together, you know, you put this together, it sort of becomes about like, um, I don't know, like, like, um, it's almost like a, like a, like a really valuable cocktail party, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. People are sort of milling around and they're kind of into it. So they're talking and I'm just another person milling around and I, maybe I've been there and I've done a little more and I'm maybe a little older and whatever, but you know, mm-hmm. My critique is not inherently better or worse than anybody else. Um, do I know some more stuff? Of course I do. Have I had more experience? You know, of course those things are true. Um, but they're getting enough of me. Like they get right. plenty of Mitch. Um, right. Especially since so much of my brain is out on Twitter and whatnot that like I'm not a secret, you know, in terms of what's going on in my head. Yeah. So I think when they start 
being sort of held accountable for themselves in a way as both yeah. critic and yeah. critique, critique and critiquer. I don't know. I'm finding it really valuable. I, I believe it is going really well. I will not know for sure until I've done it for a while. My perception is that an active student who is actively engaged in either getting or giving criticism is much happier than a student who's waiting his turn to go 10 people down right. later in the big. And, 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 you know, some of them have crashed and burned. I did a, um, a post-it note crit, which is again, another thing I oh, didn't yeah. invent, but you know, you put the work up and, um, people write and like I gave, this was, I did this, this, <laughs> these, these, I thought these students were going to kill me. I, I asked them, um, um, what I'm learning now is to ask is to project questions on the screen that they have to answer, not uh, say, just tell them what you think. And so that's another really important piece. And I asked these students to answer like six questions or something for 18 people. Uh, on, they were going to kill me. Yeah. Like they were in pain. People were like hurting their hand, you know? And so I'm like, <laughs> okay, that was not okay. Yeah, like that yeah, was yeah. too much, you know? So I'm certainly dialing it in, but I think it's, it's, it's becoming pretty interesting. And it's, you know, and it's, this comes back to the, the idea of the group crit becoming this kind of performance art where it allows the students who, you know, are less outgoing to give feedback. And so it gives them, you know, they get that kind of place to talk in sometimes in a group, they're not comfortable, but then, you know, giving the work, giving the critique individually, you might hear the same piece of feedback five, six, seven times, which in a group you'll, you hear that once and then no one else you know, yeah. seven other people were thinking that they're not going to say it again. And you're like, exactly. okay, here's this thing. This came up again and again. Yeah. Th this is actually a really good place to go back to the conversation we started at the beginning about, you know, this idea of, of kind of graphic design as this container or this approach as opposed to, uh, you know, a thing that you make. And the reason that, that I, you know, am thinking about it is how, how you, both how you teach, but then also in the, the critique, in the, in the time of critique, how you talk about graphic design, this thing that they're studying, is not just about making stuff look good or mm -hmm. look cool, but it is about process. It is about communication. It is about uh, points of view. It's about all of these other things also. Mm -hmm. um, two, two questions. One kind of perspective of the student and then from you is that hard for student do you find that hard for students to get sometimes you know especially now when so many people have versions of photoshop when they're a kid and they think you know they know how to use photoshop so they're a graphic designer and then you kind of mess with that a little bit yeah and then how do you how do you kind of introduce these other ways to think about it kind of in the classroom well, I mean, uh, one of the first things I often say in sort of freshman classes is that, like, look, I'm sorry to break this to you guys, but graphic design is really easy. Like, it is really, really easy. It's very hard to do really well. But the 13-year-old who, like, made a flyer for a garage sale in Microsoft Word, if you can convince me that isn't graphic design, like, I'll, I'll eat my hat. Like, it is absolutely graphic design. Yeah. And so the point of entry on this is almost nothing. I mean, it's zero. Right. So, um, and I always say this line, like, you know, a really hard job to be mediocre at is like an astronaut. Mm -hmm. That's a tough job to be shitty at, <laughs> right. but you can be a shitty graphic designer in five seconds. Like that's really easy. And so 
you, you guys have to realize that it's about so much past the tools and they're so, people are just so like worked up about software. And I know that we're at kind of a higher level of dialogue with it and we're kind of over it. But so many students come in and they think it's about being really good at Photoshop. Right. That I can't believe that's even real. I can't believe that's actually even a trope I have to deal with, but it really is. Yeah. Um, I've had students say to me, you know, I don't need this class. I know Illustrator. Like I'm, I'm good. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> you know, come on, come yeah. on. Yeah. Um, and so I think that the reality is, and we, I don't know if we've talked about it or like you and Rory have talked about it, but like not every design student is going to go make a design podcast because they care that much. You right, know? right. Some students are just going to go get a job as a designer. And you know what? Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. And I am so happy that you're making a living as a designer doing whatever. If you're making a liver and it says graphic designer, like you're incredible. Like you have already hit a home run. Right. In whatever way. If you then go past that into a higher level of dialogue, obviously that is where I have some interest. But that doesn't mean you have to, you know, that doesn't mean it needs to be about that. Right. But do you, so do you, uh, I don't know, I don't know how to ask this question without it sounding weird. Do, do you feel, I mean, I, I guess this kind of comes back to that, that tension between, you know, kind of teaching them right and wrong, but also letting them find their voices. Like, yeah. How do you show that you can just be a graphic designer and you can just kind of, you know, do this stuff and that's great and we need people to do that. But then there's also this other stuff that you can do also. And both of those, how, how do you kind of cater to both of those? So you're learning the things you need to learn, but also kind of opening up all of these other things. To be totally honest with you, probably not very well. Okay. To be honest, yeah, I mean, really, and 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 I mean, I'll be very blunt. I I think that I think that students, like the good students in a class, I think with me do really really well. Like I think I get them past where some other instructors may be able to get them. The students, like the bottom quarter of the students, I think I'm actually a horrible teacher for those students. Um, I'm too out there. I'm a little too processy. I'm, I'm too intangible and I know it and it's a problem. And, and I've said this before and I admit it and I cop to it that it's just, I don't know how to hit a hundred percent of the spectrum in a given class. Right. Um, and again, the way I can sleep at night, the, the way I can be, you know, okay with my look in the mirror is that they're going to have 30 other people teaching them over the course right. of their career. It's right. the only way I can reconcile it. Um, and so I, I think it's a problem, honestly, because again, it comes back to me teaching to my interests. Like I'm not interested in sort of bread and butter, nuts and bolts, graphic design. It's totally great. It's legit. Yeah. It's important. It matters. I'm not belittling it in any capacity. It's just not where my interest area is. Yeah. Um, and so I think that I'm pretty honest with them about that. Like I am pretty upfront with what I care about and what I don't. And, you know, I, I'm very... I think in like we had this, I just had this conversation with somebody about like um, social media and teaching and stuff. And I'm like, you know, I actually really like it when they see me on social media, not because of my ego, but because they understand what I do and don't care about. Mm. And it's no other reason. Like, mm -hmm. I don't care about like, like them, the liking my tweets or anything like that. They just get what I'm talking about. And so, you know, I've said a million times that like I am not a problem-solving graphic designer. I, that phrase makes me want to vomit. I just I, yeah, I don't yeah. think it doesn't count. I don't think it isn't legit. I just don't care about it. It is right. just not my area of interest, and I freely admit that like I am not a problem-solving person. Yeah. Um, and so when the students realize that, 
then they're not pissed. They're not learning problem solving in my class because they go, okay, well, Mitch isn't mm-hmm. that person. Like that's fine. Right. And that's the thing I think that student, like I see now as a teacher that maybe when I was a student, I didn't get was that, you know, the teachers are people and they have things they do and don't care about as, designers, you know, <laughs> right, and, right, right, right. So when you come up to me with some really cool app for a whatever thing bullshit stuff, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> sweet, yeah. I, whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. hey, did you see this thing I did with like, you know, Jello in my darkroom? And so there's a disconnect there, right? right. And that's right. totally fine. And I think that the the teachers that I've always really liked were 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 really honest about like who they were. Mm-hmm. Like they were really legitimate and very upfront about what they did and did not like and care about and stuff. And so I think it's really important to be very truthful with your students about where you're at, you know, where you're at. I think it's fair. Like, I think it's just, it's, it's sort of like, it's necessary. Um, I might even say it's ethical. Like, I think it's ethically valuable to do that. I, I, I mean, the way you answered that actually kind of made me think about something that I was not, not thinking about, (laughs) again you kind of connected some things that i hadn't fully thought about and i I wanted to ask you about something you mentioned very early on about this idea of graphic design being kind of this dead term or this term that's kind of doesn't carry any any weight anymore and i feel like that's so much of my work is, is in kind of wrestling with that question not not to find an answer but because that question in and of itself is interesting to me uh and i think that's why i went to grad school and i think that's why i'm interested in design criticism i think that's why i'm interested in teaching it It all comes back to what does this term actually mean Uh and i think if i've grown at all in my two years of grad school or in the the year and whatever of doing this podcast it's not being so dogmatic about these and that a couple years ago i think i would have said that graphic design as problem solving is that's not what graphic design is but that can be graphic design and it exactly can be this other thing and it can be this other thing and it can be making a podcast and it can be you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And I think, you know, uh, when I talked to Jeff Keaty, he, ta- he also talked about this idea of graphic design. What falls under the umbrella of graphic design has become so expansive that this, those two words together don't mean what they're taught, what they were, you know, in the kind of Paul Rand era. It, exactly. it just doesn't work anymore. Right. Um, and so I, I say all that not to kind of, you know, <laughs> talk about my myself, but how... How, how you how you've come to think about that or how you've arrived at that kind of or or your own relationship to that term even. yeah it's a tough it's on it's a really tough question and you're you're catching me at a very interesting time okay. not not at 8 30 but at like in my life like in, yeah. in the calendar because i am really in love with graphic design and graphic design and so quote I'm air quoting uh, graphic design in so many ways but like the sort of like um, masturbatory like conversation on medium about what it is and should we code and just all this stupid Mm -hmm. bullshit Mm -hmm. which I am a horrible person for even tweeting it but I do it anyway you know like (laughs) these stupid tropes it's just kind of not I'm just kind of like 
and I'm not saying this is what you're doing, but like, I'm just not interested in it. I'm yeah. just, it's just not interesting anymore. Um, I'm super interested in the conversation more about my arts practice. And I have said to you, I know I've said this to you, the art design difference is not a difference I right. personally choose right. to care about. Yeah. I have changed that slightly to say, yes, there is a difference, but I still don't care what it is. Are they different things? Yes, I don't give a shit what that difference is. And the reason why I say that is because what I have found is that it isn't about inclusion, it's about exclusion. Oh, that okay. isn't graphic design, that's just art. Oh, that right. stuff you're doing is just, that isn't design. Right. You're not solving somebody, you know, that's, and so is graphic design problem solving? Sure. Is graphic design a poster for a movie? Sure. Is graphic design a 13 year old making a flyer in Microsoft? Sure. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Fine. What are you doing? What are right. you doing? And that for me, I'll tell you again, back to Elliot Earls. Once again, mad props to Elliot Earls. Um, in his studio practice series, he, he, one of his episodes, and this hit me like a brick. He says right out, he's like, and you know how Elliot is. He's very yeah. Elliot. You know, yeah. he says, he's like, I'm sorry to say this to y'all, but like, it isn't about what your teachers say. It's about what your teachers do. Right. And that just, I literally sat down. When I, I was literally, I had a stand. For, I'm like, oh shit! Right. Like he's right. Yeah. Um. And what you say and what you do. I mean, what you do could be writing, and you know, it's not about right. words, but it's like it's not about the, the the sort of language around the thing. It's about the thing. Yeah. And so that really struck with me when he said, like, and that was a, I don't know how that must have been a year or two ago, yeah. but that really floored me. I'm like, oh shit! So maybe like clever tweeting about graphic design isn't really graphic design, you know, or whatever it is. Right. Um, and so that was a big moment for me when that, when I kind of clicked into that. I'm a hundred percent on the same page. I, I like, we're speaking the same language here, I think in a lot of ways. And, you know, speaking of Elliot Earl, something that I said in that interview that I actually ended up I mean, this is so weird to talk about that interview and talk about something that I said in it that I thought about a lot. <laughs> but he got me to say that I don't actually read a lot about graph, quote, graphic design. Mm -hmm. And that's not something that I ever kind of consciously realized until that yeah. conversation. And I've thought about that after and felt, you know, a little bit self-conscious about, you know, here I am kind of putting out, you know, quote unquote content about graphic design but <laughs> right. i'm not actually consuming any much else um and is that... and i feel the same way by the way okay. okay i feel the exact same way because i am teaching graphic design and i'm teaching graphic design or pre-graphic designers to be graphic designers and i'm not sure how in like how interesting graphic design is anymore yeah it is i mean it is interesting like i love it but i don't understand how I love it. Right. I mean, yes. You know? Yes. I mean, that's exactly it. And that's yeah. kind of, you know, I, the, the should designers code, I don't care about design versus art. I don't care about it. Like, you know, is why Helvetica is better than Ariel. Do not care about <laughs> like over comic sans jokes. Like I, I don't. And I'm kind of talking about all of this because I'm always kind of wrestling with what is the value of this type of discourse, the type of discourse that I'm trying to do. Does that even matter if, and, and I, I, I'm not kind of talking down at 
the should should designers code medium articles but if that's what the profession wants is there value in this other thing and the reason i'm asking you that is because i think you've made kind of a conscious decision to be a a voice in design culture at large through kind of your public persona and i don't mean that to kind of sound yeah you know sound cheap but (laughs) for what it's worth yeah um, you know what i i mean by that that that, you know you're participating in that what is the value or what are you trying to do or 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 what kind of things are you looking for in these kind of public discussions do you know you know that was like a weird question but you know what i mean yeah um god that's a really good question um i don't know how to answer that because Despite appearances, I have actually sort of a love-hate relationship with like being on the internet. And, and I don't think I'm the only one who's feeling like that right now. Um, and I'm talking beyond the sort of toxicity of our political climate right now. Beyond that, um, I just – I love the interaction with social media. I love sort of quote-unquote knowing people on Twitter, mm-hmm. whatever that means. Um, I mean we met on Twitter. Right. You know? Yeah. So again, whatever knowing means, right? Yeah. Um, I love that. I, and I hate to admit it, but I love when I get a thousand likes on something. It makes you feel amazing. <laughs> like it's super awesome. It's yeah. totally pathetic and it's totally ridiculous and it feels great. Yeah. But what is the value of that? I am starting to think there is little to none. Mm-hmm. Because me knowing Jared Fuller on Twitter is meaningless unless Jared Fuller and I and then have a conversation and Jared and I'm on your my podcast I'm on your you know this right, is like the fifth right. time we've talked right. like that is valuable but you retweeting one of my bullshit font jokes <laughs> where's the value there right and that and I mean it's like kind of funny but it's kind of a serious question too. I really am torn by the answer to that question because part of me thinks if I spent as much time making shit as I did tweeting shit, I would probably have much better portfolio. Right. right. And again, not the first person to have said that. But if I was making shit and not tweeting shit, you and I would not be friends. Right. So there's like right. value to it in lots of really weird ways. And I think what I'm starting to get <laughs> as in my old age is that <laughs> – you have to sort of take it all with a grain of salt. And, and it comes kind of back to like that idea of Elliot saying, you know, it's what they do, not what they say. Yeah. doesn't mean what they say is totally irrelevant, but like you have to sort of contextualize that. And so my fear, and it really is a fear, is that all I'm doing is tweeting about making design and not making design or art or whatever the word is. Right. And, and so I am hyper aware of that hyper, hyper, hyper aware of that. And so I don't know how to answer that question because I don't know what I am adding to the conversation. I mean, I think much of what I tweet is pretty legitimate and it's really what I think. I'm not just writing it to be, mm-hmm, to get mm-hmm. a tweet, you know, like, like that whole critique thread and some of those like dear design student tweets, like that is like, I'm not just doing that to be popular. Like I really believe right. Um, and the fact that other people react to it and enjoy it is to me valuable because I assume they're doing that because they think it's valuable. And so that helps me, like I'm tweeting as much to explain to myself what I'm doing as to anybody else. Um, 
Right. The yeah. problem is, is, you know, am I tweeting for the retweet or am I tweeting to really have a thought that I think is important? And the answer is sometimes it's both. <laughs> right. And that's a pro- and I think that's a genuine problem. And I think that's actually kind of toxic. And so I am in like a really weird place with Twitter right now. I am really undecided how I feel about it. And I'm really undecided with what my role is there. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've really earned the right to have as many followers of, as I do or, or be listened to the way I apparently am. And again, I hope I'm not being arrogant. Like, I'm really no, being. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I know what I you mean. I don't know if I've earned the right for that at all. Um, but at the same time, I've also spent more time thinking about this than anybody I know. So, you know, like about <laughs> teaching design. Like, I'm really serious about it. Yeah. So it's like a really weird place to be right now. It's a really hard place to be, and I don't know how I feel about it. And that's totally putting aside all the sexism and all the harassment and the Nazis right. and the Trumps and all that. And like right. just, right. just putting that aside for a second, just the reality of that. I, I don't know how to feel about it. Okay, so let's let's take it off of Twitter or off of social media for a second, because you also mm-hmm. have you had a podcast that has right. you know thirty something episodes. Your website has a s- series of longer form essays that are not that are longer than 140 characters right you you speak at conferences so there's there is some you do see some value in talking or yeah or reflecting on the work and not just mm-hmm. you know making all the time and so what is that value or what do you get from those outlets or or how do those kind of feed back into the making that's a, that's an interesting question, and um, since I've started doing again what we'll call art, for lack of a better yeah. word, again we know my feelings on that word, um, you know this stuff in the darkroom that I'm doing, making it's purely formal, it's just about the making. There's not meaningful. It's not about gender. It's not about politics. It's about making shit in a darkroom. That is a hundred percent of what it is about. Um, and I really wrestled with that for a while when I started doing this a couple of years ago, because somebody would say, "Oh, so what's your work about?" And I couldn't really answer that question. I'm like, it's about making photograms. Like, it's not about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I realized is that that's actually disingenuous. It is about stuff, and it's about how I approach making things. Right. Yeah. So the content of my work is the way I make the work. And that is not bullshit. That is legit. Um, the content of my book covers is about the content of the books that they cover. Right. That is also legit, right? Right? Um, right. And so those are both equally valid ways of thinking. And it took me a really long time to understand that. And so what speaking does for me and what writing and, and I haven't really written a lot in a long time, but like what the speaking at conferences does for me, giving lectures does for me, which I truly enjoy. So okay. A, they're just super fun. But what it does is it forces me to explain what I'm doing first to me mm. and then to them. Right. And I found that really interesting because what I finally learned about myself is that I need accountability. Yeah. yeah, If you give me a room and a year, I will not do anything. (laughs) Like I just want, you know, I need to have a show or an exhibit or a talk or something happening to be accountable for it because I'm a horrible procrastinator. And so for me, the value is as much about me understanding what I am doing. And then I hope other people seeing it and maybe getting a spark and getting an idea and getting a, an insight that maybe that. they didn't think. Yeah. 
you know, this, this, I think, is is a nice place to kind of head into the kind of series of questions yeah. that I kind of ask right. Ask everyone, because we're, we're circling all of these questions anyway. So I kind of, yeah, yeah go you for know, it. think it, it would be nice to kind of just ask them directly. And what should designers be talking about in this kind of public forum that we're, we're kind of talking about right now? You know, if it's not, yeah. should designers code or, you know, why these typefaces are better what are the what are the issues and this could even just be the things that you're kind of thinking about in your own yeah. work or that you're finding in in teaching but what are those things people should be kind of talking about or thinking about or, or wrestling with right now well i think the 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 i think the important answer to that is really you know gender equality mm-hmm. and ethics and mm-hmm. sort of using design for good and not for evil and all that stuff um, and I think that is an extremely important thing and I have no idea how to talk about it. And I have no idea if I am even, if my opinion on it is even valid right. as an opinion, like yeah. I am truly humble about that. I yeah. don't think it's fair for me to have an opinion on gender disparity because I have no experience with it as right. a man. None. Right. I think it's really important. The not important answer, but the answer that I think is actually what I care about and I think that stuff is important and it really does need to be talked about. But the stuff that I actually have interest in is more about sort of um, self-expression in design. And mm-hmm. I think more about like ownership of um, like ownership of the process, ownership of um, the ideas and like, you know, ownership of sort of the methodology in design. And um, mm-hmm. that is why so much of what my interest is, is in process. Like that is the thing, the word that matters to me is process much, much more so than product. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I hope my students are doing and I hope people are doing who listen to me for better or for worse, <laughs> um, what I hope they're doing is they're learning to like not do it how I do it, but to do it how like they do it and to right. like learn how they right. do it and then do that. Yeah. That is when that happens, that's a wonderful moment. Um, it's super flattering when a student's like, oh, I saw you scan stuff, so I scan stuff. It's like, okay, look, you're getting on my good side and you're yeah. awesome, but you know, yeah. like that's not the point here, you know? Um, and so I, I hope people are talking about that and I hope that that's becoming a thing that people are really learning. Um, I was just speaking with a friend and, and she was like, you know, so much work is so samesy. Like it's just so samesy. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's super boring, like to see it, it's just so derivative of each other. You've mentioned kind of people throughout, but who are the, the people, the books, the, the artists, designers, writers who have really influenced you and your thinking around all of these things or who's, who's on the reading list you would give out? Right. Um, now I knew you were going to ask that <laughs> because you're predictable, yes. um, in your, in your podcasts, um, I mean, I think for me, and I've said this a thousand times, the movie The Five Obstructions yeah. is such a massive influence for me that I cannot overstate enough how important it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was shown to me um, Matt Monk, this guy Matt Monk, who now is, I don't know if he's still the dean of VCFA in Vermont, which I'm um, Ian Lynham, yeah. who I think you talked to, yep. right? That's his thing. Um, Matt, when Matt was my degree project advisor at RISD, he said, you should probably watch this. And I have never been so face melted by something in my life. So that is, I can't stress enough how important that is to me. And unfortunately for my students, they have to deal with it because right. they do a project based on it. And in fact, they're doing it right now. Um, the real answer to that question is not a whole lot of graphic design. 
Yeah. To be totally honest, I'm I'm not I I can't spit out a bunch of names of graphic design that I'm interested in. Um, I'm that's, becoming really that's yeah, okay. That's you know a better answer. <laughs> yeah, I'm becoming super interested in like actually video essays, and mm. and that's why when when uh, Michael Beirut talked to you and you were like, oh, I should do more. I'm thinking like, yes, you should do more. Yeah. Um, like I really love um like Nerd Writer. Oh, yeah. I think is really doing. He's yeah. super. I really like his approach. Um. I think cinema and movies is something I'm just really fascinated by just in general. I don't quite know why exactly, but I love those conversations about movies and stuff. Um, I really like, um, there's a PBS series called the art of the art assignment that I really like a lot, which is really interesting. And it's sort of changed a little bit in what it's done. Um, I actually just last night, we're talking on a Saturday night right now, and Friday night I watched the Jim Carrey Andy Kaufman documentary oh, that yeah. just came on Netflix. Have you seen? Did you? I've I've been waiting for it. I didn't realize yeah. it was out already. It, it just, just came, came out. out? So okay, like, nobody's seen it yet, but me. Um, All right. Yeah, that's what that I'm doing after was this. Then. Really interesting and really like I was just watching it, thinking, "All right, you know, whatever." And then I was like, "Oh, this is there's some interesting yeah. shit going on in this." I've been so so like stuff like that is really interesting. Um, I, I kind of am more into – I don't know. I feel like I'm like a bad consumer in some ways. Like I think I should be spending more time – like I tweeted at you the other day like, hey, who's a reading list? Oh, right. You know, it's like a curated reading right. list because, right. you know, I read at night when I go to bed every single night, but I read garbage. I read, you know, Stephen King, which isn't garbage, but it's like just fun stuff. Yeah. It isn't like intelligent stuff. Um, I, I'm right now reading the new Andy Weir novel who oh, did nice. the Martian, yeah. which is like – I heard it was horrible, but you know, it's super fun. Yeah. So I, you know, um, and so I don't know, I'm almost like, I know this is going to sound sort of anti-intellectual and it's not meant to sound that way. I almost think for me, I need to spend less time consuming and more time producing. Um, and I think that is, and consuming for me ends up being more like sort of Netflix and stuff than like really good books, which is what it should be. Um, so my answer to that is almost like – I almost want to say to you it doesn't matter. Yeah. It does matter. But it's almost like – it's almost like wrong question. But but I totally know why you asked the question because it's a really interesting question. Yeah. I mean and it's it's self, yeah. it's like what you said kind of asking about the reading list. I mean that's – it's totally why I, why I asked this question is because I want to find new stuff. And, um, and I mean not to blow smoke up your ass but this podcast is great. I really oh. am so happy that you've gotten to this place and, and I'm so, I, you know, we've been friends for a while and I'm like genuinely just delighted that you're getting to do this. I really am. That, that means so much to me. Um, I've, I'm not just reciprocating the <laughs> yeah. compliment, but you're, you know, through when you did through process, I, I had been interested in podcasts for a while and thought that there was something design related and then you guys did that and i was like this this is interesting and i think you know in a weird way has kind of influenced where this has gone and so kind of knowing that 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 you like this just means oh yeah it's it's fantastic it really is it's great yeah thank you so much and thank i'm so glad we got to do this obviously you have been on my list since i had the idea to do this (laughs) and so now you know whatever many episodes later thank you i'm glad we got to do this this is so fun me too thank you this episode was recorded on November 18th, 2017. Our theme music is by Andy Borgasani. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Surface Podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud and at scratchingthesurface.fm. Thanks for listening.